0: Good morning everybody, it's uh, my privilege to share God's word with you this morning and uh, to um, bring what has become to know our Vision Sunday. Uh, I heard many of you and spoke to many of you who enjoyed my father-in-law last week, He is a, he's a great guy, he's a real uh, inspiration to me they 're funny things in laws aren 't they? <laughs> Lots of nods around the room at the moment very, very interesting you see when when you 're little and you 're and you're growing up, your family is normal am i right that 's normality to you? your mum is just so, such an amazing mum, best mum in all the world, and your dad you know certainly if i 'm your dad you know, so cool, so so amazingly cool. But then, when they get to around teenage years, you rapidly slip from hero to zero on an ever increasing, uh, you know, sort of slide downwards. And then, and then. The normal thing for most people is they, you know, they meet somebody, oh, they're so lovely, they're so special, aren't they? And uh, you sort of fall in love uh, with that person. And then you get to meet their, fa- oh, their family. They're just wonderful, such a kind family, so amazing to, to, to be a part of this, uh, this wonderful family. And, uh, and then after a while, <laughs> you begin to notice a few differences don't you, uh, in, uh, in how things are done. Not, not a matter of right and wrong, just different ways of doing things. And these, these different ways of doing things that each of the families hold very dear become future ammunition for a civil war that will break <laughs> out between you as a couple. And, uh, you know, it could be things like... <sighs> Your your family, they're so fanatical about being tidy. I daren't put my feet on the floor. Well, your family's house is like a pigsty. I don't want to put my feet on the floor. These aren't, aren't, I'm not recounting uh, (laughs) arguments here. Actually, poor Ken and Sue, you know, for about a a year, uh, and as a brother Daisy, he can testify to this, because he was uh, in the house then as well. For about a year, when I was dating Anna used to go in the house and I'd say hello to everybody, walk around, chat to them quite happily, and then sit down somewhere and be, what's that? what's that smell? And I suddenly realized that I'd walked in dog poo, because it was back in the day when people didn't clear up their dog mess. And I'd walked it all around the house about once a week for a year. Ken and Sue had to clear up dog mess around, <laughs> around their house. Or send, after a little while, they'd send me to, to clear up the dog mess that I'd walked in. And so I learned, I was going to say quickly then, but after about a year, I learned it was just more beneficial take your shoes off when you come into the house. And now, if you like a family rule in our household with us and our kids, is we take our shoes off when we enter the house. Hence... Most families have this sort of outlook on life that they develop. They have a value system. They have a culture within that family uh, unit. And when a new family unit is being formed, it, it inevitably leads to some interesting and lively discussions on how that new family unit is, is going is to do things. But you know, likewise, The church of God has its own unique purpose, it has its own values, it has its own culture that God has given it. Some of those things are universal across the whole church, some of them are more specific to local churches. And today in Vision Sunday, I'm going to remind us what God has called us to do, what sort of people... We are to be as we go about doing what God has called us to do. So whilst I'm going to be referring to the Bible, it's not an exegetical preach as such as we normally uh, do here. It's more a reminding of what God has called us to, to do and also an encouraging into what God is leading us into in this season. What the Father is wanting to highlight to you and to me in this season. So, by way of reminder, what has God spoken to us already? If we go on to the next slide, that's it, that's great, yep. So, everything we do as a church, whether it be on a Sunday morning, whether it be chess group that meets on a Monday night once a month, whether it be keys, our detox uh, a group that we have, whether it be life group, whether it be little gems. Everything we do as a church is done for this purpose. As a statement should come up on, on the screen. This is our vision, that we are sharing the love of Jesus in Helsham and beyond by the power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father. That sums up all that God has called us to do or be involved with as a church. That's our overarching vision, if you like. All we do should be sharing something of the love of Christ with the world around us and with those that we come across. And we can't do that in our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to share the love of Christ. Otherwise, it's a bit like going to a water fight, but having no water. No one can is going to get wet. You know, when you go to a water fight, you can have all the water pistols you want, you can have all the water bombs, but if you've got no water, all you've got is mini balloons and brightly colored replica guns that aren't going to get anyone wet. Now, we just bring the vehicle through which the Holy Spirit is wanting to minister to the world around us. He wants to minister through you, and he wants to minister through me, to the people Around us. So we need the power of the Spirit. And finally, we do everything to the glory of God the Father. Because if it doesn't bring glory to God, then we shouldn't be doing it. Because actually anything and everything we do, if done correctly, if done rightly, actually can bring glory to God. You know, it's said of a, a Hudson Taylor that even when, how he'd write, he would write in a way that he was trying to bring glory to God through writing. So uh, everything can be done to the glory of God. We type these days. It looks a lot, a lot neater. But uh, Ray Bodkin's got very uh, nice writing. Anyway, so that's what God has called us to do as, as, as a church. How we go about doing that can be summed up in four key ways or key values as we call them. Firstly, through love. God has called us to love people, to love God. And as Anna reminded us this morning, that that should be uh, one of our primary or should be our primary motives, that we love God, that we love people, and we love the world around us. We don't love the world's ways, but we love the people in the world because God loves them. Jesus said this, that you can sum up all the law and the prophets in that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength and you and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself secondly we build we're called to build people into Christ like maturity. That's what God is wanting to do. He wants to develop you into Christ-like maturity and help us build a church, a large, vibrant church that is helping people to grow into Christ-like maturity as we influence this area, as we influence the nation, as we influence the nations as a church. For the purpose of everything is Jesus. Everything finds their purpose. In Jesus, your life, this church, the world. Actually, the Bible tells us all things find their purpose in him. Otherwise, it's a bit like you could have a room full of lovely gadgets, a nice TV, a nice music player. Uh, you could have uh, you know, a nice computer and that sort of thing in there. And you, but it you get distracted with how those things look and how nice they, they fit in the room without ever turning the power on. You only discover what things are truly there for, these electrical devices, when they've got power running through them. And likewise, we, in life, only find its true meaning when we're connected to Jesus Christ. He is the one that brings true meaning. He is the one, the Bible says, that brings life, and life in all its fullness. Thirdly, we serve We give our energy, we give our time, we give our mind, we give our finances to serving God, each other, this town, the nations, and especially the poor as well. Because Jesus said this about himself, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. My friends, if that's what Jesus did, that's what we are called to do as well. And then finally, we're called as a church to to celebrate as well. You know, joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Holy Spirit brings, is joy. One of the things he brings to us. Heaven celebrates continually, the Bible tells us. The Bible is full of joy and celebrations going on. In it, So we at Christchurch, as Christians, have more reason than any to rejoice, more reasons than any people to celebrate and be glad in all that God is doing and all that he has done and all that he will do amongst us. So we're called to love, we're called to build, we're called to serve, and we're called to celebrate. And then if you like the family culture that we have, as, as we as people go about doing Uh, the things that God has called us to do, can be summed up. We've summed it up in seven points, and I'll just put it in a sentence for you. Most of you who have been around here for a while would have heard this before, but I'm just reminding us what God has called us to do, how we do it, and who we're called to be as we do it. We are a Bible-based, spirit-filled people adopted into a worshipful family who are welcoming everyone in while sending disciples out into the world around us, being thankful to God and each other for everything he is doing. So that is what God has called us to do. That is what, how we do it and who we are as we go about engaging in the mission that God has for us. But as I shared last week, And as Anna's word and Duncan's word feeds into as well. You know, God this morning is wanting to impart fresh faith to you and to me this morning. He's got things he wants us to press into over this season. And over this next season, he is wanting us to increase in our intimacy with him and growth as well. Growth in our Christ-likeness, growth in the gifts of the Spirit, growth in the fruits of the Spirit that He has us, growth in people coming to know and love Jesus, and growth in His kingdom coming here on earth as it is in heaven. So, if you have your, your Bibles here this morning, can I ask you just to open them at Hebrews 11? We're just going to pick some verses out of there. As I say, it's not an exegetical preach this morning, but. It's, um, there's just some things I want to highlight from there about intimacy and about growth that God has for us. So Hebrews 11. I'm going to read verses 1 to 3 and then jump ahead a little bit to verse 6. It says this. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, And that he rewards those that seek him. Faith is an essential ingredient in our relationship, in our walk with God. Faith actually ultimately is a gift from God to you and to me. But in his sovereignty, he's ordained it that you and I have a role in playing, in growing that faith that he has given us. Like Abraham of old who it said believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. That word believed is just a verb of, the, of, of faith. Faith is a noun if you like. Believe or believed is, is a verb there. We believe God. We take him at his word and we act upon it. That is faith. You know we are saved initially by grace through faith. In Christ Jesus, from God's wrath against, against us because of the things that we've done wrong. You see, you don't try and clean up your act first and then come to God. We will never make ourselves good enough for God to, to be in his presence. But we are made righteous when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, God's son. And the fact that he died on the cross... For us so that, when we put, so that we can be forgiven. And just like God raised him from the grave three days later, we too, because of our faith in him, know that we will rise again to be with him forever and ever. It's not about you doing something. You know, people kept asking Jesus, oh, teacher, teacher, what good works do I need to do to get eternal life? These days people are a bit more like, well, you know, if there's a God, I suppose, you know, uh, I'll be all right, I'll be into heaven. Which is another way of saying, well, I think actually I'm good enough. Jesus is very clear to all of us. No one is good except God alone. Well, then what do I have to do to get right with, with God? What work does he require of me? Again, Jesus gives us the answer. He says that this is the work of God. This is the work God wants you to do. That you believe in him whom he has sent. That's all the work God requires of you. That you believe in him whom he has sent. And by believing in Jesus and taking him at his word, you get born again. You get born spiritually into God's family. You then can approach God as your heavenly father. You were once a creature of wrath, destined to hell. And now, through faith in Christ, you're adopted into God's family and become a son and daughter. My friends, God's desire for you here this morning, if you don't know him, is that you come to know him through Jesus and be able to approach him as his son or his daughter. And he as your father. But once you've done this, as most of us in the room have already, the father's desire for you is for greater intimacy with you. He doesn't want to be an estranged father to you, he wants to be right there, close, involved in your daily life, involved in all that you're doing. You know, but unlike most human relationships of father and child, actually, the Bible is very clear. How close you are to your heavenly father depends on you. God is willing. God is wanting that deep, deep relationship with you. He's wanting you to increase in intimacy, in love with him this morning. You know, like a young couple, all they do is talk about the person that they love. Their focus is about finishing work so they can go and be with that person that they love. God wants to be the love of your life, and he should be the true love of your life. God wants you to draw near to him. And as I read in Hebrews 11 verse 6, to draw near to him, we must have faith. God this morning wants to increase your faith. To draw near to him. So like the psalmist, we can say, As the deer pants for flowing streams, So pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Does that describe you this morning? Are you there saying, actually, I thirst for you, God. I I long to, to know you more. I long to experience more of your presence. In my life. Because if it does, the response of Jesus is always the same to you. Jesus says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink, and out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now, he said this about the Spirit, whom those who were to believe in him would later receive. Jesus, according to John the Baptist, had the Spirit of God on him without measure. I.e., now when you come to Jesus, he has unlimited amount of the Holy Spirit that he can pour into your life and into my life. No wonder the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 5 verse 18 encourages us to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. God has more for you. And my friends, this season is a season where God is wanting to draw you deeper in your relationship with him. So you can experience a closer walk with the living God. And know his love for you in a, to a greater depth. And increase your love for him as well. He has more for you. And he wants to pour out his spirit on you in greater depth measure this morning whether you've been a christian 7 minutes or whether like ray bodkin this year you've been a christian 70 years god has more for you you know moses the man of god who it said of him that god spoke to him face to face like a friend speaks for, to a friend for 40 years he had that relationship with god and at the end of his life when he knows He's about to go and he's sort of pleading with God to give him a bit more time. He says he says this, oh Lord God, you have only begun to show your servant your greatness and your mighty hand. Your heavenly Father wants greater intimacy with you. He has more of him that he wants you to experience this morning and as a church, he wants us to have more powerful encounters with him, where, where the sense of his presence here is overwhelming, where, where, where we're in awe of, the, of just the sheer weight of God's glory and God's holiness amongst us, where his love is here in an overpowering way that just transforms lives. God is wanting us to experience as a people more and more of him. Amen. Amen. Good. Some of you are still awake. My friends, this is a season of drawing near to God in prayer, in worship through His Word, and through obedience to Him as well. God is wanting to take hold of your faith and increase it, and through that, cause you to desire greater intimacy with Him as you act upon the things he's encouraging you to do out of obedience. You know, these prayer meetings, this week of prayer that we've got, they aren't just nice little things that you come along to, if you can make, if you can fit it in with your busy week. We all have, life is busy, my friends, life is busy, but we choose what we prioritize in that busy week most of the time. Obviously work is a, is a different thing, but sometimes we prioritize how much we work as well. My friends, these prayer meetings are opportunities for us to express corporate obedience in coming together and saying, God, we want to draw near to you. We want more of you, God. My friends, prioritize those prayer meetings this week. And let's, this, this season, make sure we prioritize as a church, drawing near to God. And as our Level of intimacy increases with him. God is going to add the increase. God is going to cause us to grow. So if we uh, if we go on to the uh, the, the, the next slide, just going to read a few verses there as a look at look at growth. It says this: By faith, Abraham obeyed. that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. And then jumping ahead to verse 15. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. Jumping ahead to verse 24. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward we see how the faith of Abraham, the patriarchs, and and Moses led them to obeying God above temporary comforts, above temporary security and pleasures. They even embraced hardship and the reproach of others as they followed God and all that God had for them to do. For they were desiring the things of God above the things of this world. And my friends, in this season, as we choose to rise above these temporary things of comforts and securities and and pleasures and focus on the things that God has for us, being willing to embrace hardships and even the reproach of others for God, then God is going to want us to grow. He's going to cause us to experience growth, growth in the fruits of the Spirit, Growth in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Growth in... They might even add some new gifts to you in this season as well. For some of you, actually, there's going to be a growth, I believe. Uh, this Professionally, for some of you, there's going to be a growth financially as well. You're going to experience financial blessing this year. But of course, when Jesus was talking about growth, he always had in mind as well about more people being added into the kingdom of God. More people coming to know and love God. And this is going to be a season of us growing as a church numerically as well. We already have the privilege here at Christ Church of being part, by the grace of God, of a growing church uh, uh, amongst us. This building, that I'm told when we got it five years ago, there was a sense of, God, this is massive. How are we going to fill that? And there's certainly room to spare uh, when I joined the church a, a, a year later. But actually, some Sundays, things can feel a little bit snug now. It's quite nice, isn't it? It feels a, feels a, uh, feels a bit snug. I can tell you, and Ello can tell you, sitting over there with the kids work, actually, the rooms there are already beginning to feel, well, actually, we can see, in, a, in the next couple of years, they're going to be snug as well. The youth are in today, but when they're out, Actually, that room is already crowded. Multiple services is an option that we could go to as, as a church, but for the, and we will at some stage, I'm sure. But for the time being, we as elders and as a leadership team, we don't feel that this is the right cause of action due to, to several reasons. Uh, in fact, but not least, the number of extra volunteers you need to run the children's work and all the other things. So it's, it's fine for the preacher because you get to preach it second time round, and you're normally better because you've just done it, you know, already. So it's fresh in the, in your mind. But um, but also, do you know Dave Devenish, who used to lead Catalyst Network of Churches? He says about this church that it is one of the most friendly and family feel and the most family feel to it of all the catalyst churches that he's been to and he's been to a lot and so we don't lightly want to lose that feel uh, amongst us so for this season we feel it's about increase increasing the capacity that we have to house the growth that God is giving us and like Abraham the patriarchs and Moses is going to require great faith to step out into this and the renouncing of some of our comforts and some of our treasures of our Egypt as well to walk into what God has prepared for us. You see, due to, sadly, uh, but I suppose it is right, they're you know, only trying to protect people, but due to planning uh, uh, restrictions that are on us, we can no longer just do this building in a piecemeal fashion as we have one, one stage at a time because we've got to have, uh, to do anything more up there, we've got to have a second stair place in, we've got to have a lift in, we've got to have proper air ventilation in to make sure that we're not suffocating uh, you lot and all that that, that sort of thing. They're, they're concerned for your, your, your health. Uh, so actually, we can no longer do things in a piecemeal fashion. And the cheapest option open to us, based on a Quantity Surveyor report that we had done when we did that, and then expert estimations bringing that, uh, that amount into line with a, 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 a modern account. So for us to get this place t- to be able to house 450 to 500 people, where you'd have a balcony at the back, potentially with a, uh, uh, some room there, four extra auxiliary rooms for the youth and the kids' work to grow. One of them could be like a, a place that's uh, sensory friendly for, so for those kids that struggle uh, to relate with other people and they just need a safe place to meet with God, one of them could be that. So to have all of that, and to get all of that work done, comes to a massive cost of one million pounds. So that's a, that's a large amount. And that is the cheapest option that is is available to us. You see, if we were to sell this place and to uh, look to buy a bigger place and then to uh, go for kitting that out to, uh, to 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 be appropriate for for use, then you're talking of millions of pounds. As some people believe that we will get an adjacent building here at some at some point in in time. Even if we were to get that and uh, I've, I've, uh, I've inquired about both, and none of them are coming up for sale in the, in, the, in the near future. But even if we were to do that, then you're talking well above a million in terms of buying it and kitting it out for what we need. So, this is the issue that we as elders, as the leadership team here, and as trustees, we're, we're praying into and seeking God over for, for, the, for the next area that God has for us to walk into. For me, whilst it has its challenges, the first option does make the, the most sense to me, because not only because it's the the cheapest option, but we are known as being here in the town, and people are coming because they know that we're here. It's taken a while for us to get established, and even now you meet people, that say, oh is there a, there a church there? Uh, it would give us the, um, it would mean that we're using what God has already given us to its fullest extent, which would enable us to grow to a size that then we could consider what God is wanting to do next with us as a church, which may be one of those other options. It may be that we look to uh, 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 plant some churches out somewhere. Who, who knows? But it will we'll, give us time to seek God and to see what God is saying in that next season. He often only reveals one step as at a time. But to put these figures in context to you, because they're all you know, massive figures, way above what you know, us individually um, could, uh, could, could raise, there's a church in Eastbourne at the moment that are spending £4 million pounds to get an auditorium for 250 people there's another church we know in worthing that is spending two million pounds to get an auditorium for 300 people there's another church that we know of in burgess hill that is spending 2.5 million pounds to get a 200 theatre. we including the mortgage that we've already had on this place and the loans that we've had to get as far as we have us, and the gifts that we've had on top of that, have spent roughly 1.2 million to get us this far over the last five years. So if we were to, to spend uh, if we were to seek God for that extra million, then for 2.2 million, we could get a place that is for 450 to 500 uh, people where we could house them and we could uh, and we could grow to that number as well so compared to what some of the other works is going on actually it's it's cheap <laughs> to use that word <laughs> lightly there it's cheap yeah, yeah. Uh, but um my friends we have we have a few years before we're going to run into real problems and limit potentially the growth that god is wanting to do amongst us so there's a few years to seek god for extraordinary Gifts and extraordinary amounts to come in to the church. And please note as well, as you, uh, as you see that figure, actually we are also going to be looking to talk to the, the bank again as well and see what, what mortgage stuff that we, we can get uh, in, in place there. But you have to realise mortgages have to be paid back, so that will also impact future gift days as well. But Christchurch is not about money. And it's not about the building either. It's about God extending his kingdom through us into this area and the nation and even the nations as well. You know, it's far harder to see one person saved, one person come to know and love Jesus. In fact, Jesus tells us it's impossible to see somebody come to know and love him by man's efforts. But with God, all things are possible. As we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, the Bible tells us he will add all other things. So we do have um, two gift days coming up this year, like we have for, uh, in the last few years. On the 26th of April and on the 3rd of May as well this year, we're going to have a, a gift day for clearing the remaining members' loans that we have, and also for seed fund for future work as well. Unlike previous years, where we've you know set a, a, a sort of a, a, a target vision that we felt was right uh, from God to, to be going for in you know, 80,000, 120,000, whatever. This year, we felt actually what is Right, it's for us to tell you the challenge that we've got and the, the big uh, faith mountain figures that, that we need to be thinking about, but not set a, 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 a target. We felt it right just to leave that before God with you as well, and for us to, in the quietness of our own home, be seeking God if you're married with, with your spouse as well, to so be seeking God as to God. What are you calling me to voluntarily give towards this so I can sow into all the growth that God is wanting to give us as a church? For some, it will be tens. For others, it will be hundreds. For others, it may be thousands. And for a few, it may be tens of thousands. But that is for you to prayerfully consider on your own before God as to what God is calling you to do, knowing that where we choose to put our finances directly impacts where our heart will be. My friends, this is a season in conclusion where God is calling us to greater intimacy with Him and much fruitful growth. So let us throw all our heart, our mind, body, time and finances into following the Spirit's lead and surrendering all to Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite the band to come back up here now. Can I invite us to stand and pray? And chances are at the moment your mind will be whirring around with that, you know, sort of crazy uh, uh, figure and be thinking, oh my goodness, and be thinking about that. You've got months to seek God and pray into that. Push that out of your mind at the moment. That's just, that's, that's something secondary, actually, to what God is wanting to address in you this morning. The much greater thing, the much bigger thing, is the Father desires, the King of the universe, the creator of all things, desires greater intimacy with you this morning. And He wants to grow in you, Christ likeness. He wants to grow you in your gifts. He wants to grow you in all that God has for you. So if that's you, if you're saying, yes, Lord, I want greater intimacy with you this morning. I want to grow into all that you've got for me over this next season. Just place your hands out in front of you to receive from God because I'm going to pray. I believe God is going to meet with us Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us so much, that you desire intimacy with us, Lord. Thank you that you love us so much that you are willing to send your only son, Jesus, to die, to make a way for us to know you, for us to have that intimate relationship with you. Now, Lord, I just pray, pour out your Holy Spirit Upon each one of us this morning, Lord. Lord, we need more of you. Lord, we're so aware of it, Lord God. We need more of you each day. And thank you that there is more of you that we can receive. Lord, thank you we're going to spend eternity just praising you and uh, praising you and uh, enjoying you and, uh, and, you know, discovering, wow, God, you're just so holy. You're so awesome, Lord God. And Lord, thank you you've got more for each one of us this morning. Come, Holy Spirit. Come and meet with us. May this be a season, Lord God, where each one of us deepens our relationship with you. Where we go deeper and deeper with you. Lord God, come, Lord Jesus. Come and fill us with your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord God. We, we welcome you, Lord. You say, if we, if we thirst, Lord God, if we desire more of you, Lord God, then you will pour out your Spirit on us. You will satisfy that desire. Now, Lord, we long for more of you, Lord God. And, Lord, we long to grow more like you as well, Lord God. So come, Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord God, and fill us, Lord God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.